0: Hey, welcome to the podcast. Today, I have Pat Santoro. Pat is the head wrestling coach at Lehigh University, and he was a great wrestler, great athlete himself. Uh, wrestled at Pitt in college and uh, you know had a really good international kind of a freestyle career after that. Um, Pat is, in my opinion, uh, one of the very best coaches in the country, and I think that's kind of widely recognized that he's had a lot of success at all the programs that he's been involved in. Uh, so we're, we're just going to talk today about, you know, a bunch of different things relating to wrestling and, and some other things that aren't directly related to wrestling, but I think that uh, the audience here will find interesting. Um, so one of the first things I wanted to talk about, Pat, was, uh, w- you know, as, as we, I, I, I'm a father now and my son's kind of getting to the age where he's, you know, he's getting to that point where... I, he's starting sports he's starting different activities i'm gonna i don't i didn't start him in wrestling yet he's only he's only five but uh he he's you know i want him to wrestle or at least try wrestling at some point uh how do you feel about you know how young kids getting into wrestling what are your thoughts on that
1: um i don't think there's an age i think it's a readiness um you know i have a son that's in first grade he he was on the match this year a little bit wrestling i think the idea is, I think it's, you know, I, I think, I mean, I'm a little biased, I think every kid should wrestle at some point in their career, whether it's a couple years. I think it's just a great sport for delayed, learning delayed gratification, because you don't yeah. get rewarded very quickly. Um, but I, I think that you have to have a direct line, a, a distinct line in the sand, if you want to say that. Um, it's really important that if you're, you're, you expose your sons and daughters to sports, whether it's softball, wrestling, jiu whatever it's going to be, you expose them to it at a young age, but you don't push them in it. It's, it. The one thing I think, you know, parents always want what's best for their kids and they want they want to see them succeed and they want to be happy. But I think what happens, you get caught up in the wins and losses and I think you overexpose them to a sport. Um, we see a lot of overuse injuries as a, as a college coach. A lot of coaches across the country get great wrestlers coming to programs but they get hurt within that first year because they have a lot of wear, wear and tear injuries. It's overuse injuries. Uh, I think it's good to expose kids to a lot of different things but don't specialize in anything too early. Um, you know, another thing I think it has to be, you know, really important, it has to be their thing, not our thing as parents. We're both parents. If my son wrestles, your son wrestles, it better be their thing. Um, they can be them to it. it. I think it should be a fun sport. I think that's when they do the most growth and learning from it.
0: You and uh, I, uh, Something I heard you saying before that I thought was just a really kind of memorable way to think of it, you, you were talking about the sponge and you know, you squeeze it and you squeeze it and there's only so much. And, you know, you mentioned that as a really kind of like succinct way to say it, but a uh, memorable way to say it. But um, I've heard other people talking about similar things. Uh, some of my other, you know, wrestling friends and, and mm-hmm. then other other things in life, like uh, even in, in an act, I've heard people say it, some of my uh, people I know that are in science or academia uh, have said that to some degree with that as well. Like you squeeze the sponge too much too early, is that? Could you talk about that a little bit? About sure. You, about you know, that? and this is this is
1: the this is the catch because there's always those that unique one percent that just love whatever they're doing and they do it their whole life. That's who they are. It's really you know it's about who the, what they what they're capable of doing. But ninety nine or greater percent, if you have two sponges and I start squeezing at the age of seven, I had a good friend tell me this. I thought it was a great analogy. And I start squeezing it, and I'm trying to drain it. And I start counting seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. By the time I'm 13, 14 year old, that sponge is that's dry. I can't squeeze anymore because I threw. You know, you throw your your son or daughter into sports, and there's no more squeezing left. And that's when you see kids. They say they're burned out. They're the not desire having desires. Desires gone. Out, right? That's that. And a, a 13 or 14 year old should never lose desire for sport because sport is game. You know, when you take another sponge. And you, you dabble in sport, you get them interested in it and they're learning. And then later in their career, there's a point, there's, a, there's that mental capability that they can understand it. And then you can start squeezing the sponge a little bit as they get old, a little bit tighter. And that way you can get them
0: through you know, their athletic career. And I think that's probably more important. And uh, that, that kind of leads me into another question. We, we just did a, a clinic here today um, at, at Stop Training. And it was the first time we've done a wrestling clinic, and, and I was really really happy that uh, a rest, it wasn't the first time we've done a wrestling clinic. It was the first time we've done a wrestling clinic for just specifically for wrestlers. And one of the things I think it's it's a great opportunity for you know like young wrestlers that go to camps and clinics and stuff like that uh, to have you know coaches like Pat see see them and meet them. And you talked about that a little bit uh, earlier too. We were talking about. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's not even a technique. It's just you getting to know the kid, uh, you know, getting to know the kids. And if, if kids are interested in continuing their career, like you just talked about, uh, re- maybe wrestling in college or, or this could apply to other sports or whatever. But, uh, you know, how, how important do you think it is for, for kids to, to get into uh, clinics and camps and do things like that?
1: Uh, I think it's pretty important. Um, I think there's a line. I mean, we talked about this earlier. Like I, when you get your kids into sport, I think there has to be – you have, have, you have to know exactly what your plan is, you know, for your child. Every year, and it's going to change year to year depending on your child, but you have to have a budget what you're willing to spend that year, and it can't be thousands and thousands of dollars. You can't wrestle in, you know, 30 tournaments in a year. You want to – because you, you get best when you practice, and and practices play that's when you're going to have the most growth Um, but i do think it's really important to go out and you want to meet coaches because at the end of the day we're relational beings you know we want to build relationships like when you when kids pick places to go to college it's usually based on a relationship they have with a coach Um, and you build that relationship through the college experience but when you go and you go to these clinics and camps i think that's it's not competition, so it's easier to ask questions, easier to understand who they are. You build relationships, you find out more about a kid. When you go watch them competition, all you do is you see how they compete. Um, but, you know, as me as a college coach, I want to know who you are. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know what gets you excited about life. Because um, we talked about this earlier, too, just even about being creative when you wrestle. But you want to, you want, your, your child to be creative, well, you got to capture their heart and their imagination. When you capture anyone's heart and imagination, you will find new ways to win matches. You will find ways to invent new techniques. And sometimes you, you think you invent a technique, but it's been around for years, but you came up with it still on your own. That's the creativity. When you capture their mind and their heart and their imagination, that's when amazing things happen.
0: And that's that's something that's your goal as a coach and, and a mentor to to do mm-hmm. that right to capture the that and and then that builds the creativity and it, that's that's a really important point I think um, that kind of that kind of similar on a similar uh, line of questions like the the we talked about play wrestling versus hard wrestling mm-hmm. right and. How you have to have, you know, mix that in and, and do that. Can, can you talk a little bit about what you, your thoughts on that uh, play wrestling and what, what that, and first of all, what's, what's that mean to you? What do you talk about what that is?
1: Yeah, sure. Placement spa- or sparring, whatever you want to call it, it it's kind of, it's not drilling. Um, it's more, it's like a semi live, maybe going 70%. And it's, it's give and take a little bit. You're giving real feel, but it, there's no cost. If you get taken down, it's not a big deal. Um, but if a person hits a great shot, you let them finish. But you give them a real feel. If, they, if it's not a great shot, you you kind of wrestle through the position. What I like about play wrestling, like Warren, you and I trained a lot together. Yeah. You know, we could wrestle a 20-minute go, and we might touch each other's legs, you know, maybe 10 times in that 20-minute go. If we play wrestle, we're going to probably be on each other's legs 60 times. Now that's reps, and we're feeling It's a real feel. We're giving real reactions. We're, we're wrestling through the position. We're just not crunching each other and... And, and going hundred percent trying to break shoulders or whatever we're trying to do we're, we're actually learning the position and if we've done it before. If we get stuck, you're like, what do you do here? What am I doing here? What are you looking for here? And it's it's a great way to teach if you have a really good partner in in sparring or play wrestling, it really opens you up for because you wanna you open you up for being great in a certain position. And then we'll spend days in a room. And it's like, hey everything is a head inside single. Let's go play in these positions. And then some days it's let's get head outside. Some days it's that's whatever you want to do. And it's it's creating that that flow from one position to the next it's called chain wrestling which every coach in the country has talked about since you know they're little kids um but that's what that's how you develop that because if i can get in on shots and i get used to being in on legs i'm not going to be afraid i know i can shot i think the biggest fear people have is they don't trust that if they don't get the takedown, they might get taken down but if you you do it a hundred times a day and you're not in a situation where it's always live. I think you learn shot recovery. You learn how to if you know you're not going to get taken down when you shoot, you'll be more active, you'll be more creative, you'll shoot more. So,
0: so that's part of creativity, that creativity too that we were talking about. Um what about in in like now we're talking about in a match. I know one of the things that you really emphasized to me when I was back when I was, you know, competing at Lehigh was, you know, you have to, there's times when you have to make adjustments in the match, in the competition. Um, how, for, first of all, how do you kind of how do you think about that? As far as from uh, from, let's take it from an athlete standpoint. Mm-hmm. From when you were competing first, how do you think about that? Hit?
1: Well, I think when you go out into a match. A lot of times, you have like a. I don't think you should game plan too much. I think you have to understand your opponent. It's just like when you go to war, you understand the strengths and weaknesses of your opponent. You know, you do a little SWOT analysis of your opponent sometimes, and you're scouting. That's all it is. Um, and you have a little bit of a game plan, but you you have to wrestle where you're your, your strongest. But as a match goes on and there's a high pace and a guy has a – and maybe a, just a bad style conflict, you have to have that creativity. You have to make adjustments during the match. Really good wrestlers make adjustments week to week. The great ones make it in the match, during the match. They'll be wrestling different in the second period, third period than they did in the first period to find different ways to score. And that's where the, I think that sparring and play wrestling is really effective because you learn position, positional wrestling. Technique, there's hundreds of techniques, there's so many great coaches out in the country. I mean, we have unbelievable great coaches, probably more co- great coaches than we have programs. That's how much good coaching's out there. But you want to, you know, we have to learn how to, we, learn, we have to learn how to coach our wrestlers. Because what's good for you may be different for your teammate. Um, but that's where I think it's important to make the, you have to make adjustments during practice so You'll be able to make that during the match.
0: And, and it's something you said today also talking about what is the advantage of, of having a teacher there, having a good club or a good team or, or, you know, and having a coach there. There's so much technique out there, much more than when I was wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hard. We had to look around for video and, you know, things like that. Now there's it's almost an over overabundance of, mm-hmm. of information, right? Uh, and But you talked a little bit about being around somebody and, and actually, like, you know, having somebody coach you. Can, what is that? What can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. I think
1: I think that's probably the greatest strength of clubs. You know, some clubs just bring kids in and bring them out, but when you're when you're invested as a club coach, you get invested with your, the students that are coming into your club. And I think those guys build relationships. When you build relationships you're gonna, you you have more in the game per se because it's it's like coaching it's the next best thing to coaching your son or daughter. You build a relationship with an athlete coming in you get close with them, like you understand them more than just wrestling. You're not just you. It, 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 it can never just be about the game. You know, it's got to be about the person and an individual. I mean, they got to come to your club or come to your school, and they got to become a better person, a better athlete, and they got to be better prepared for the future. And that should be anyone that's a teacher has to have that. You're a club coach. You got to make them a better person, a better a better wrestler, and be, make them better prepared for the future. It always got to be a deeper message because what makes you successful in one thing are the same principles that you're going to take when you when you leave wrestling or the sport that you're in
0: and i think you that that's a a really point and i think coming from you it makes a lot of sense to me because you know i i think to probably to a greater degree than any of my other coaches or any any other coaches i feel like you you know you have dedicated so much to wrestling your your life and fully fully involved in it but you so much also, and it's you demonstrate. that you 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 think it's important what student athletes or, or students or, or you know people that you coach do afterwards? And you mentioned some things you were doing when we talked about stuff you did for Lehigh. I mean, you helped me when I got out of school. Uh, you know, I know that you you always help the the Lehigh athletes, um, and, and that makes sense when you say why you know that. It also makes you a better coach on in in the wrestling room in the wrestling mat. Um, you talked about you know. People being ready after after school and how important that is. Uh, could you give us some of your thoughts on that? Like so, after after wrestling, what what's what? How do you think about that? I think well, I think about it all the
1: time now because now when you have kids, you see things just different. I mean, you always you always had an idea until you're living it with your own kids. I think it starts well for me. It starts when they're when they're young. As a parent, I'm trying to prepare my kid and give them the character with my son and daughter that. You know, no matter what level they achieve in sport or anything, they have to have a character to get to the next level and stay there and then have the character to grow past that. So we get them to come in the, to college and they're out of school. Like, there's a lot of good schools out there and everybody talks, you know, school getting a really good degree doesn't guarantee you anything. What it, what it does is it, it gives you a better chance of getting a, a good job. But once you get that first day in a job, you're a freshman again. You have to earn that again. You have to earn your way up the ladder. Um, I think some people think they have a goal line and it's like well, if I can just win this state championship my life will be better if I just win a national championship my life will be better if I just graduate and get this job my life is going to be better it, it's not it's always a moving goal but you're always setting new goals so I think when you graduate the most important thing is that you're prepared when you leave you know you leave our program I, I want I want to feel comfortable that our guys are prepared for what's next after wrestling cuz wrestling's Wrestling's a you know it's a focus. You got school and you got wrestling. That's it. You know when you graduate, you got a job, you got a family. Um, you're trying to work your way up the ladder. You're putting a lot of hours in. Um, but the most important thing is you have to. The, the employers want to know that you know how to learn and that you're a hard worker. And I think that's why wrestlers are so marketable in the real world. They know they they, they know how to be in a team environment. They know they, they set high goals. They know they're really hard workers. But they know they know how to learn. And I think that's the most important thing of any college coach. Like, hey, teaching a, a single leg and a high crotch, that's really easy. It's, it's giving them the skill set to be able to handle things. Because, you know, we were talking about earlier, there's always two tests. You have to pass the adversity test, which I think wrestlers in general are amazing. Hey, you're the underdog. You're hurt. You find a way to win. And, and things, you're not supposed to be here, but all of a sudden you find a way. That's the adversity test. And it, probably the harder test to pass is the prosperity test. Once you're there, you have a lot of new friends that you didn't have before. Everybody wants to know who you are. Everybody wants to take a, a part of your time. And then maybe you get a little complacent. And that's when people don't they don't repeat and they have any struggles. And that's in life. You get a job. Maybe you hit your target. Then you get a little complacent in your job. And then people pass you. So you always want to have the character that once you hit a new level, you have the character to keep you there and get you to the next level.
0: And that was something I thought you said. You... Stated pretty clearly another time when you were talking to some of the uh, some of the um, participants today in the clinic. You talked about distractions along the way. Mm-hmm. You know how how you, you sometimes don't even realize when when you kind of get off track. You know and and uh, what's what's kind of the framework that you think about that. And when you're talking to you know maybe maybe let's say a college somebody in college about how to you know, you say you have to have a line and, and, and you have to kind of maintain that line because if not, you don't even know when you cross it, you kind of veer off in the wrong Mm -hmm. direction. Uh, what, what, what do you say to, to, to people who you see, maybe, maybe they're not as focused as they could be. And that's really what's holding them back from, you know, being being the best or reaching their goal mm-hmm. in whether you know in wrestling we're talking about or or anything really whether it's fighting or jujitsu or something outside of sport, uh, what what do you say to somebody that what's your how do you guide them if, if you see that they're kind of you know mm-hmm. distractions are pulling them away from their goal
1: maybe sure um, there's a couple things you, you come to college you have a short window you know we're dealing with student athletes they want to be national champs and they want to get a great degree um, and. I believe anybody can do that, uh, but is anybody willing to put the time in to do it? If there's a difference. So you get to college. Everybody has. They're going to get a good degree. They're going to get you know 3.5 GPA. They're going to win a national champ. That's everybody's goal coming in. going To be four time champs. Everybody's goal. It's just that's who we're recruiting right now. They everybody's hungry. Then you get to college, and there's a lot of distractions. So when you get there, you have to be very clear on what your goals are and what and what line. You're going to draw on the sand that you're not going to cross. Because what happens is there's so many distractions, people pulling you in different directions. You start paying attention to what's going around you. You not only cross the line that you didn't think you'd cross, you're crossing lines you didn't know existed. And that's when people have struggles and they maybe they, they, they become ineligible or they, they, they want to leave school or their wrestling's not going the way they thought because they've, they've gotten to a place and it's always a slow fade. It's never quick. It's just a little bit, a little bit. So when, you, when you, you take a step in the wrong direction, you don't feel the sting. You take another step, you really don't feel the sting. The third step, it's uncomfortable and something's not right. Fourth step, all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're going to places you've never been before. Now you don't know how to get back. You know, so you know, a simple philosophy we have on our team is: is do the next right thing. No one's perfect. You're going to make mistakes along the way, but once you make that mistake, you have to understand it. You have to know who you are. You have that self accountability to get yourself right back on the right track.
0: And and that's a, that's another uh, like quote that I, I like of yours. You know, it's you say it's not it's never a lack of knowledge; it's a lack of behavior.
1: Always. Yeah, we we deal with that. And especially when we get kids coming to college, it, a lot of times, it, one of the toughest things, everybody works hard in their school. I mean, it is. But working hard is a relative term. Um, you can be the hardest worker in your classroom, the hardest worker on your wrestling team. You get to college, you're right in the middle of the road. Um, so it's relative. So you always have to be able, be willing to improve. We talked about that character you have to, have to get to that next level. If you have a good heart and you love the sport, you're going to be fine. You'll figure it out. Um, but I think the biggest thing is... Uh, the whole behavioral thing is the most important concept. You know, we, we, have, we have people come in and meet with a nutritionist, and she's awesome. And she, she'll give you the best information you can have. One of the best I've seen, she just studies it, boom, here it is right in front of you. And then you go to the cafeteria, and you have a choice. <laughs> it's your behavior. You know what to eat, and you know what not to eat. It, it's it's a, what's most important to you or what you want right now. It's always your decision when you're trying to reach a goal. What do I want right now, and what do I want most? When you can make that distinction, it's easy to avoid that extra cookie or ice cream or going out with your friends. Um, but when you know what you want most, you'll sacrifice. And after a while, it's not even a sacrifice. It becomes an investment in yourself. And that's, I think that's the key to reaching high goals.
0: And, and key, I think the hard part is keeping that in your mind with all these distractions, you know, all the distractions going on, keeping those goals like fresh in your mind. And that's where a a coach or a mentor really helps, you know, to, to, Mm -hmm. to help you on that. That's what I've found. I, um, what do you look for it? Like, let's say, uh, you know, and this, this getting uh, on the pretty, maybe on the topic of wrestling too much, but, uh, Let's say a recruit, what, what are some of the, the characteristics or, you know, whether it's wrestling characteristics, technical characteristics, whatever it is, uh, what do you look for in a recruit if you're, if you're looking for somebody that you want to be on the team at Lehigh?
1: I think I'm looking for what every coach in the country is looking for. Everybody wants someone that's obviously very talented, someone that works really hard and wrestles really hard. You know, there's no question watching people that like to score points are fun to, to, to watch and, and they're fun to coach. Uh, but you got to find someone that really loves to compete you know you can you can love to wrestle and that's gonna be really important to get better but you have to love to compete at the division one level. It's got to be an excitement you you have to and it's okay to have doubt because doubt doesn't equal disbelief. Doubt is just a normal growth process. you have to have doubt to grow you have to question you have to reevaluate and push through it. so whatever your fear is, you got to run towards it um, and that's a, that's a hard thing to do because you know, everybody has different. Some people have fear of losing. Some people have fear of fatigue. Some people have, you know, fear of success. Like what to do if I do succeed. So there's all kinds of fears. We have no idea what they are. When you, you sit down and you get these student athletes, and you sometimes you, you you get pretty deep with them. You find out there there's some issues going back years at what they're afraid of, and and it makes them tense. But you had you got to wrestle free. You got to love what you're doing. Um, that's what we look for. If we know someone loves to wrestle and they love to compete. That's probably the most important attribute we're looking for.
0: I, I love that idea that you just kind of said about running toward things that you're afraid of mm-hmm. or, or attacking as, as, as opposed to being defensive with your things that you fear. You know, and I, that's such a cool concept. Well, I, mean, that... I
1: just think most of the things we fear aren't that bad. You know, you know. sometimes you maybe you got in trouble when you're in school and you go see the principal. And you were just scared. You go in there, and all of a sudden, it wasn't as bad, you know. Yeah. Or you did something, them and you got through, it and it wasn't as bad. Or you, you, had to take a big test, and all of a sudden, got through. It. it wasn't that bad. Usually, once you, really, the best way to overcome fear is just to keep experiencing it. So you want to run and towards your fear. Toward it. Run that's, your towards that's a your fear. Great
0: way to think about it. You know, it, conflict
1: yeah. avoidance is not a good way to go through life. You got to run towards a fear, and you and you got to, you got to be okay with failing, because there's a lot of information in every failure you have. I mean. You're gonna grow from it, learn from it, but if you just keep playing the, the the safe
0: zone all the time, you won't grow. You won't get stretched. Yeah, that's that's a really cool way to think about that. Um, well, just kind of a last question here, and this is more specific to our audience that likes uh, you know mixed martial arts, jujitsu. A lot of wrestlers have have kind of gone into that. You know, you have some really standouts uh, in wrestling standouts that have done well also in you know mixed martial arts and uh w- w- what do you think of that what do you think about that is kind of a I mean it's it's not a it could be a somewhat of a career uh but what do you think about wrestlers that like for you know Ben Askren's a great example mm-hmm. uh he's gone into that done very very well in mixed martial he had a great wrestling career and he's got a really good uh mixed martial arts career um What do you think about, I know you're not super involved in, you know, that, that aspect that would be kind of pay attention to it a little bit. What what do you think of that?
1: I I think it's great Avenue. I, I, cause I think wrestling in itself is a martial art. Um, (laughs) you're learning skill sets, learn. It's kind of could be self-defense, whatever you want to call it. I think, you know, you see someone like Ben Ashman, there's a guy that loved to wrestle and. Here's a guy that the sport captured his mind and imagination, and he just kept getting better at wrestling every time we saw him. And then went to the martial arts and, and the fighting. He's done phenomenal because he has that growth mindset. He's always trying to get better, and you watch him. He just gets – he figures things out. And I think that's the guys that leave wrestling and get in an MMA or jiu-jitsu or some kind of competitive martial arts. I think it's just that, that mind. It's always growing. You already have like a skill set. But you're trying to learn new things from it. I think it it makes you really creative because it's kind of you're having fun with it. And I think those are the guys that have the most success. It's not just I'm not doing this for the money. I think you're doing it because you love to compete and you love learning new things. And because you can't just be a great wrestler and think you're going to get it done in martial arts. <laughs> you got to learn. got to learn striking. You got to learn different techniques. You got to learn chokes. You got you know different submission moves. It's it's a different game. But it's it's the I mean just playing with you yesterday. You know on the mat it just. It, it made my mind go, you know. It was yeah. like this. It
0: was a, it was it was kind of cool. And that's the, it's a lot of fun for me. I know. I mean, there's so many wrestlers great, right? Like Cejudo has done great in, mm-hmm. in mixed martial arts, and and uh, and a lot, many. I mean, we can list many, many. Uh, do you think there's there's as far as them having so much success? You you talked about how they have this base. They, they know how to learn things, and mm-hmm. they and and they know how to go against adverse adversity. Do you think? Do, is there any other things that come to mind that, that you think that makes wrestlers so successful in those in mixed martial arts for example?
1: I think just what makes them successful in wrestling is you in wrestling you find your lane. You know, that's your style. You know, what you want a template of how you wrestle. You know, people have templates for speeches or whatever. You have a template of what you're doing you wrestle. And as you get better, that road, that road you're on, your lane gets wider. I think the same thing when you, and it gets really wide for the great ones. They can all of a sudden, they're hitting a lot of things, but it's still in their, their template of how they wrestle. It's yeah. still their style, they just add on to it. I think the same thing when they go to martial arts, they have, they have to know, it's knowing yourself, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, knowing your lane, staying in your lane, and keep growing. You start with a small box. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then before you know it, you you may be able to – you get really good. You may be able to change lanes, you know. Yeah. But your lane gets so big till it just encompasses the whole road. And I think that's the goal, and I think that's what the successful MMA guys
0: have done. And even, like, you see successful wrestlers. Like, the one that just popped into my mind was uh, uh, Satyev. how he (laughs) almost changed. Like, he he seemed to me anyway, like – he had stuff that he was very, very unusual and really specific. And then he almost seemed like he, he was had a long, you know, long, unbelievably spectacular wrestling career. And he changed lanes almost. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, he grew so much into the so circle, much. Yeah,
1: he's he changed two different ones. Well, as you know, one of my favorites. I mean, I, yeah. I have countless hours of video on him. And Fazioff was another one. Oh, yeah. But I, you know, with him, you know, you know, I think sometimes in America, like he's aggressive. He shoots all the time. It wasn't like Satieva was shooting a lot, but he was so aggressive. He was trying to take you down so many different ways. He still had a great shot, yeah. but he was hitting slide-bys and, and inside <laughs> trips. I mean, he just had so much. He had such a great scramble ability. He created a lot of motion, created a lot of angles, and he scored a lot of points. And that's why he was probably a lot of people's favorites because he was so active.
0: Yeah. And, and we, we were talking, too, about how how some of the, like the Iranian wrestlers are, are very um, – uh, I guess what you mentioned just great well coached you know like the the coaching they had and uh, you know how some of some of their new guys have been very they're, they're aggressive they're, they're have a forward forward style and, and uh, yeah they they're they are they have a template and a lot of it's
1: based off their run the hook and controlling the mat and then as you got guys like Yazdani as they get better they start making adjustments with them. if I'm not getting the hook I'm going I'm doing snaps I'm passing by I'm driving out of bounds like they their lanes grow but they get they're so good at their template that it's once you're great at something it's easier to and once you have the fundamentals I think of when people miss get the, when you get the fundamentals down like I'll I'll go back to college time. we had a lot of you know funks getting so big the best funk guys are guys that have really solid fundamentals, and then they transition into it when they need it. You know, and they're, they're squaring their hips or dropping their hips, or they're doing the right things, and then they can transition into it. That makes it double effective. Um, and I think that's what a lot of these different countries do. They get really good at what they do, and then they can they can change things and make great scrambles. And then they be, They get creative. They get creative, and, and, they, and yeah. I think the create when you when you get that creativity, you know these guys are having fun wrestling.
0: Yeah. Well. Um Thanks so much, Pat. Is there anything you wanted to add before we finish up? Anything you could think of to add? And if not, I really appreciate you you know coming. And yeah, no, I just room. think
1: if you're if you're a parent, um, you know, a couple things is like if your kids really get into a sport, I don't care what sport it's could be baseball, it could be soccer, wrestling. I think the most important thing is a is you gotta let it be their thing. Um, I mean, there's a time and a place you're gonna have to push them and guide them. That's really important. But your job as a parent is to develop their character. Develop who they are on the inside. The sport, let the coaches take care of that. You know, don't don't be a coach at home. Just support them, encourage them, and let them decide when you're going to start squeezing the sponge, you know, per se. The second thing is I think if you like wrestling, I see guys wrestling like, you know, 30 tournaments a year. I think you pick a handful of tournaments because you get better when you practice. You're going to get plenty of competition in your life. You don't need to compete at a young age a ton. I think when you learn how to do the fundamentals, you learn positional wrestling. There's always techniques, but there's positional wrestling to help your technique. I think when you start doing things like that, they're going to get better. But have a plan. Like, let's go to this tournament, then we'll come back, we'll train, hit this tournament and this tournament. Or I'm going to go to this club, I'm going to go to this club. You have to have a guideline for tournaments. And I think you have a guideline, you have to have a budget. Like, you can't let your child's sport dictate your life. That's when not sports design. It's, It's supposed to bring a family together and community together. It's not supposed to drive you apart. And I've seen that happen way too many times.
0: That's that's great advice for everybody, parents and and even even athletes. I think uh, so. Thanks so much, Pat. It was really a pleasure, and uh, hopefully we can have you back for a clinic and maybe another podcast. So awesome, <laughs> thanks.